Adam Crowley Show. I mean, I cannot believe the kind of nonsense that I am hearing right now. On ESPN Pittsburgh, 970 AM and 106.3 FM. I am sweaty and ready for playoff hockey. Jason Mackey is not sweaty, and he joins me here at Buford's Kitchen right across the street from PPG Paints Arena. It is the Terrace on 5th. He is not sweaty, but equally as much ready for playoff hockey. Jason, what's going on, pal? I'm going to be sweaty soon. It's quite toasty in here, but that's not a complaint. It's good to be warm. Tired of that winter crap. You know what? I couldn't agree more. Uh, I saw a house today uh, as we are house. You saw a house? I did, man. Ready to expand, get some kids. Uh, well, I hope. Are you hoping they come with the house, or is that a separate discussion? <laughs> I'm hoping we don't have kids for a little while, uh, if I can be quite blunt. Uh, but we are trying to expand, and when I walked into the house today, no air conditioning, and that's out for me. I mean, get out of here with that. I need to be pampered. I'm a Mount Lebanon kid. Uh, I've always had air conditioning and the windows open. That is how spoiled I've been. Uh, but I will not complain about it not being 35 degrees in May. Dude, I'm with you. I'm an air conditioner lover, man. Air conditioning oh. lover. My my wife is not in that camp, so we battle over the air conditioning, whether it should be on, whether it should be off, I, which I don't understand. Like, her parents' house is, is like a meat locker. They keep that thing like 52 degrees. Reasonable and, and people. My wife, yeah, and I'm with you. That's what I want. And it'll be like 85 in our house. And I'll, Can we turn the air on? My wife gives me a look. <laughs> She's not a, not a, we, we have different body temperatures. I'm with you. So no air conditioning would be, would be an out for me. Not to extend this topic too long. <laughs> uh, Already too far. But maybe if company's there, then she'll be okay with it being cooler. Just invite me over. Tell Abby, hey, Crowley and Leanna are coming over. That, We're good. That's true. I, sh- I should, uh, I she's actually here. I should cite you as an example. I'll bring you over. I don't see her anywhere. <laughs> They're back there out on the, the patio. Jason Maggie joins us here, of course, from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Jason, let's put the Tom Wilson stuff off just for a little while here because I'm exasperated. I'm so tired of talking about it. I just want to watch a hockey game. One thing the Penguins need to do better as a hockey team uh, is eliminate the odd man rushes. Uh, I think they've been great in their own zone defensively. For the most part, Alexia had a bad turnover the other night. Uh, But that has not been the problem. The problem is allowing the Capitals to come almost 200 feet the other way. What do they need to do? Yeah, I mean, there's a few things to it. And honestly, I would argue, Adam, that it it does start in their own zone. Some of the the issues start with uh, breakout passes and that sort of thing. But um, the Ole Mata turnover at the end of Game 3 sort of encapsulated exactly what I'm talking about. Um, A careless pass into the middle of the ice, it gets picked off, and they go the other way. Um, There are other things that we've seen in this series. What stands out to me when I'm saying this is Brian Dumoulin in Game 1 pinches a little bit. It's Jake Gensel's job to get back and pick up a guy. He's slow doing it. I believe it was Ovechkin that slipped by him because Netsov makes the pass and you have a goal. So, I mean, there's a lot of different elements to this. It's it's what you do with the puck. It's how you cover for a teammate. Um, it's taking unnecessary risks. In Game 3, they had a really good start. One of the reasons they had a really good start is because they didn't do any of the stupid stuff. They made sort of safe plays. And it's okay to make safe plays you're going to pick your spots, but if you start out not giving the other team odd man rush, it's not the worst thing in the world. No, it's not, and I know it's part of their identity. I know it helps them create offense, and I realize that depth scoring has been an issue. But if they play a game that is a little bit more conservative, it's not like they still don't have the firepower to be able to get it done. Right, and, and I think that's why we're seeing some of this stuff. You're seeing defensemen want to jump up into the play and have an effect, and I think the 
the idea is is noble, but they're not executing it as well as they should. I think one of the things, one of the biggest things tonight, Adam, would, would be a, a goal from Derek Broussard, goal from Phil Kessel, something from these middle six guys to create offense. They just haven't gotten that. And I think it's taking sort of a mental toll on a lot of different things, uh, the defensemen and, and Broussard and Kessel especially, but the, early on, if they could get something from their secondary guys, it would be huge. No question. And Jason Mackey joins us here uh, on the Crowley Show. As a patron here at Buford's Kitchen, kills a bee, and I have an anxiety disorder. I am terrified that I might be allergic to bees because one time a bee stung me and my hand expanded. Uh, my hand uh, grew three sizes like the Grinch's heart, and I'm concerned that the next time I'll just die. So That's uh, it? Your hand swelled up with a bee, and that's why you got concerned? I would rather it the next time not be my lungs or my throat. Yeah. So I'm, uh, I'm terrified ever, of them. Ever tell you my bee sting story? I don't think you have. Oh, man. So I am allergic, right? Oh, and you're was, really allergic? I'm really allergic, yeah. Oh, good for that guy then. <laughs> Holy hell. I don't know if one would get me. but So I used to do landscaping work before I got into journalism. So we're like disturbing this big pile of brush or whatever, and we come across a bee's nest or multiple bee's nests, it seems like. I got stung probably 13, 14 times. Oh, my. And I, I swell up and start like I don't, sort of convulsing. Um, I don't really remember it. My boss had to, like, take me to a nearby hospital and get, like, pump full of IVs and stuff. And I remember, like, sort of fading in and out in this truck that we're going towards. So, anyway, long story short, I'm glad I didn't get stung by a bee. Yeah, as am I. And to draw an analogy here, I know I didn't want to talk about it, but might as well at this point. I feel like Capitals fans would blame you for convulsing if the bee stung you. It was your fault that the bee stung you. Zach Asteris, got to keep your head up. And while he kind of does, he also doesn't deserve to get mangled. Yeah, and I didn't like the intent on Wilson's hit. I mean, there's a way to make that hit legally. And if and this was on the video last night. I'm standing from here to you, Adam, and if I want to hit you, I'm going to lower my shoulder, and I'm going to continue that same level through and, you to that garbage can that's right behind you. I'm going to drive through you. And you are way taller than me, and it can still be done. Absolutely. Absolutely. And if he would have done that and Aston Reese would have broken his jaw and had a concussion, first of all, he wouldn't, but I'm just saying, if he would have blown him up that bad, you know what? It's contact sport tough. And nobody in Pittsburgh would have been complaining. It would have just been, oh, man, that's a shame. He really took a hard hit. But he didn't do that. He drove through him. He drove up as evidenced by him leaving his skates. I don't think he, he didn't jump at Zach Aston Reese, but the momentum of his body carried him up yes. through it, and he missed a little bit. And I don't think Aston Reese, you know, did any sort of shimmy to get out of the way. It's just it's going really, really fast. And you know what, Tom? You missed, and you hit his jaw. That's a part of his head, and that's sort of the result of, of you doing that. Grant Paulson was on before, and he said he doesn't agree to talk about Tom Wilson is dirty the word he would use is reckless uh, I think that that's I really think that that's trying to pick and choose your verbiage there very carefully yeah. Uh, yeah reckless to me it might not be dirty fine but if you're at the line of reckless then more times than not or maybe 50 50 you are going to do something that's dirty even it, if it's by accident because you play on that line And here's the problem I have with that Adam if we're talking about Oli Mata or Nicholas Backstrom or some you know some player with zero reputation if he does that hit and executes that hit and then we we say oh well that guy doesn't have a reputation he it wasn't dirty he didn't mean to I can go with that yes you know that the benefit of the doubt there it, but Tom Wilson is on the exact opposite of that equation how many different times is he going to show up in involvement in these things and we're just going to try to explain them away sooner or later somebody's going to do something about it sooner or later you might be guilty of something even if it wasn't this one what about Dumoulin what about Wenberg what about countless others that I could throw out 
Jason Mackey joining us. No, and I agree, and I think I'm done with it too. Uh, again, sweaty and exasperated are the two words that I would use to describe myself. Do you think Haglund's playing tonight? I do. I do. I think he's going to be in, um, and here's why I think that. Uh, morning skate this morning, um, the Penguins were especially cagey with their lineup, and a lot of times if they were just going to put Rowney in or Juris in, they wouldn't have put that much effort into it. So Haglund doesn't even come into the room, and we're standing there, and um, we're, we're sort of, we don't know this at the time, and it's like 40, 43 minutes into their skate. I'm like, what the heck? You have Haglund? Rowney, Juris, and Sprong all still on the ice. But afterward, we found out that I guess they brought in Haglund's gloves to his stall, ah. and so he had been off the ice. The other three walk in together after about a 45-minute skate. So Haglund was off early while the reporters were in the room. None of these guys were available, available to us. excuse me, um, And so that's why I think Haglund's going to be in. If Haglund does play. Yep. Phil Kessel's been bad. I think he's hurt. I'm never going to be the guy to crush Phil. I mean, he's a big reason the Penguins have won the Stanley Cup the last two seasons. I do think it's fair, though, to say, I mean, come on, man. What's going on out there? Yeah, no, I think it's it's perfectly fair to question his production right now, and I think Phil would be the first one to admit that. He's just not scoring in a way that he's paid to score. Um, I also think it's a fair question, and I think if he doesn't produce, it's going to be one that's asked. What went on in the regular season? Why'd you keep playing? You were clearly yeah. injured after that Montreal game, and I think there was something earlier in a Carolina game that he was also fighting, and he kept in the lineup, kept after that Ironman streak. And if, if he's not right, you know, he needs to get out. And if he is right, he needs to produce the way I look at that. Mike Mitchell used to do that all the time with the Steelers, and I say used to because he's no longer a Steeler anymore. Obviously, Phil Kessel a better player than Mike Mitchell, but... Uh, Mike Mitchell's a tough guy, and I don't think Steelers fans give him enough credit for trying to stay on the field. But at a certain point, you shouldn't be on the field if you're going to be a detriment to your club. And I don't think we're quite there yet with Phil. No, no. But I do think he needs to play better. Do you think he's going to be on the line with Haglin and Malkin tonight? I do. I think that's the way they're going to go. And I think that they're going to use Malkin and Kessel together because I know when Sullivan wants to get Phil going and put him in an advantageous position, he generally uses him with Malkin. Um, and having the other guys back, Haglin will, will be a shoe-in next to Malkin, I feel like. He's been really good there. And Sullivan also likes that Broussard line with Rust on the right side and Sherry on the left. And it, it just makes too much sense for the for that's what your middle six is going to look like. Don't screw with your top line. That's been fine. And that leaves Shea in between Kuhnhackle and Rowney on your fourth. You wrote a great piece today. Again, Jason Mackey, Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, about the production of Derek Broussard. Yep. And he's really in line with his playoff career numbers. I think Penguins fans, when a short series is there, I mean, you're going to zoom in on everything, and you're going to make it about the game to game. I don't necessarily think his chances haven't been there, or his line's chances haven't been there. Right. I, I think, and hopefully, for Penguins fans' sake, it happens sooner rather than later, because later might very rarely, rare, really be too late. Uh, I think the dam might be close to breaking for that line, though. Yeah, and it's a, it's a difficult spotter. It's an interesting thing to talk about with... Uh, with Broussard just because of what the Penguins gave up to get him you know and we're watching this Tom Wilson crap and not to talk more about that but I think a lot of Penguins fans probably think that Ryan Reeves would have prevented it and so you give up Ryan Reeves to give get Broussard and I don't think there's any question that their defense isn't as deep as it was with Ian Cole sure and you're seeing some stuff happen there and Penguins fans are wondering where the heck are these two guys and then you have Derek Broussard with one goal in nine games so it's it's a little bit tough to take but I agree with you, Adam. I think that the production has been there. He's going to be with two guys that he's meshed well with and Sherry and Rust, assuming that's what holds. 
And so I, I would not look for it to be long with him. Simone, Shahan, and Kuhnhockel tonight for the fourth line, you yep. think? Yep. Oh, yeah, I had Rowney in the lineup, huh, when I said that. Thank you for pointing that out. No, it'll be Simone. It'll okay. be Simone, Kuhnhockel, and, and Shahan. I don't want to be the guy. I'm going to be the guy. Rowney's just a guy. And he's a good dude, and and he and he'll I mean he'll he'll block shots. He's a great. Oh, he adds nothing offensively. He adds zero. He adds nothing offensively. And they need, need it now. You need it. Yeah. I would go Daniel Sprong. Quite honest with you. Up top, right here, baby. I, up top, right there. And watch my head, okay? I don't want that to be the principal point of contact of our high right. five. But yeah, yeah I'd right. go Sprong too. I can't believe you just high fived in a public place. I'm kind of like, I'm doing that, looking my head down. I really hope well, how, nobody cause, noticed cause, that. that. It's that old school. Well, I mean that's what you're doing. I'm I just see. trying to, you know, not be awkward, but. <laughs> I, I would go Sprong, man. Honestly, I would go Sprong. I probably wouldn't put him with Gino. I would put Phil there because I think that the two of them want that, and it's more important for me to get Phil going. I would like to see what he does with Broussard. And it, failing that, if you're really married to, like, uh, Broussard, Rust, and Sherry, put him on your fourth line. So what? I realize that's not a traditional or a, a normal fourth line, but you need to score goals. And you're Nobody's allowed to score goals. on the fourth line. You're you allowed are, to. You are. But, I mean, he doesn't He doesn't play any sort of defense. He's a liability. He is. And he's not going to play a physical game. He won't. He hits nobody. And so he's best suited for the top six. Maybe a, a third line role. Maybe. But it's it's non-traditional, but you need goals. So, you, you to me, you take a chance. Last two things with Jason Mackey, the Post-Gazette. Do you think that it's realistic that we see Sprong at any point? No, I okay. don't. I don't. I mean, maybe next season. Um, I, the reason being, Adam, I, I just don't think there's the trust right now from the current coaching staff in putting him in the lineup. And they've been really hard on him playing a 200-foot game, and I think for some other coaches they might be okay doing it. And this isn't to, to say that Mike Sullivan doesn't like Daniel Sprong. I think Mike Sullivan doesn't like the type of player Daniel Sprong is right now. And I think Mike Sullivan holds a lot of his guys to a higher standard in terms of playing both ends of the ice. That's why you see a lot of guys like Gensel, Rust, Sherry, Kuhnhackle. Um, you know, by and large, they're pretty responsible players, at least more so than, Simo- or than, than Sprong. Sure. Um, so, you know, maybe next year worry about that then i don't want to insinuate also that they're going to trade him because i don't think they will but if someone come along came along with an offer they'd probably listen i've got pen all over my arms yeah, here what are you I've been doing? Writing i mean i don't know I just, my arm flails about my <laughs> arm just happens to be in the way uh last thing for real though i'm not comfortable ever in a hockey game saying this team's going to win tonight what i am comfortable saying is i really think the penguins are going to play a strong game and whether or not that means they win i don't know but I think we're going to see what is their best effort of the series right now. Yeah, I think they. I, I agree with that, Adam. I, I also think the Capitals are quite fired up about the Tom Wilson thing. Uh, T.J. Oshie was talking about, you know, feeling sort of mad that they almost have had Wilson taken away from them, and, and they want to win this one World's for Tommy. World's smallest violin right here. <laughs> I mean, what a butthead that guy is. You, yeah. I said it, not you. It's all right. And, and you know what, though? And I say that to say, I think a lot of those emotions are going to sort of just cancel each other out and if you look at who is a better hockey team especially at home for me that answers the penguins really appreciate the time buddy anytime pal always good pleasure good yeah i think you might be a little sunburn after this i know right hanging out up here at buford's kitchen coming up next i will expand upon why tjo she's a butthead and we're also going to hear from josh gets of the penguins radio network then it's hottest take of the day other crap and three stars of the show it's espn pittsburgh 
I asked this question of the audience earlier. If the Department of Player Safety hadn't cracked down and offered up the three-game suspension, what would you have liked to see the punishment be for Tom Wilson? And Sugar Dunkerton says, a hit from Tom Wilson. That's pretty darn good. Uh, I'd like to see him get run over by a train. I'd like to see him fall off a building. I'd like to see him get eaten by a crocodile. Or get attacked by a bunch of gerbils. Anyway, back to being professional. Uh, gerbils are still gerbling. Yeah, ger Shut the hell up, gerbils! <laughs> Josh gets up for the Penguins Radio Network, joins us now for a comprehensive breakdown uh, of the series and tonight's game. Josh, what's up? Adam, what's up? How are you? Man, I, I don't know if I can recall being this charged up for a game that's not an elimination game. I also can't recall a time where I was as angry after a performance as I was after the Penguins lost to the Capitals in game number three. It was one that you just don't want to see them let get away. And tonight, I know they're not calling it a must-win, but it's as close as you can get to a must-win. I think the Penguins need to do a better job of the pinches, Josh, and I think that's probably where it starts with critiquing their play. Absolutely. I mean, it starts from the goal on out, especially if you're looking at game three in particular, I think, at least. I mean, it's, it's uh, you know, it's, hard to, to zero in on Matt Murray with everything he's accomplished in his career, but he was not very good uh, on uh, Tuesday, and I think that's fair to say. Uh, I thought some of the blue liners played pretty well. Chad Ruedel probably had his best game of the playoffs. Uh, Brian Dumoulin looked like a guy kind of possessed after what happened to him in game two, but you're right. There are some ill-advised pinches that are uh, you know, what the Capitals had, I think, four odd man rushes in the third period. Two on ones, I should say, uh, in the third period. Uh, all as a result of some poorly timed pinches by the Penguins defensively, and obviously the last one ended up costing them as only matter turned the puck over um, and the Capitals went the other way and scored. But, you know, there are obviously some aspects of the Penguins game that need to be severely corrected and corrected quickly with this quick turnaround now playing every other day from here on out. Yeah, I, I think you're right with everything that you said, and perhaps I should clarify, I think the Penguins' defense has been really good in their own zone. I know Alexiak had that turnover in game number three that wound up leading to a goal. But I think largely they've been really refined and very good in that area. I think they have the talent. I've, saw, I've seen some people on Twitter say, oh, the defense thinks this, that, the other. Again, I think it is just a momentary lapse in judgment. I think it is a momentary poor decision. 
And that's really what's done them in. And I would imagine, knowing Mike Sullivan's background and seeing what he's done with this team the last couple of years, that is something that they will get corrected, and it needs to get corrected tonight. Yeah, no question. I mean, this is kind of uncharted territory when it comes to the team under Sullivan in the sense that they've reached their max and losing two games in a row uh, with him behind the bench here in the playoffs. And ditto for Matt Murray between the pipes. It's just something that doesn't usually happen. Uh, And with that being said, I think there's every reason to expect them to be able to correct what's gone wrong here these last couple games and and make the adjustments necessary to have success tonight. I mean, you you look at the other side of the ice, it's a pretty darn good hockey team over there in Washington, and they're they're playing really well. I mean, they're getting, in my opinion, everything they did not get the last two series against the Penguins, which namely starts with goaltending. I think Braden Holpe's been excellent uh, this entire series. They're getting the depth scoring the Penguins are not, uh, and their defense has given them a couple of goals. John Carlson and Matt Niskan have both scored on Tuesday night. So, uh, you know, there's a little bit more, I think, all coming from all facets of the Washington game as opposed to the Penguins game right now. And, you know, there are a couple of ifs, I think, with the Penguins lineup tonight. And they, if the ifs go in the right direction, and by that I mean Derek Broussard stepping up his game, Phil Kessel stepping up his game, uh, Matt Murray playing a better game in net for the Penguins, then obviously things could potentially go in their favor and go in their favor handily tonight. Uh, but you, you haven't seen that yet in this series, and I think a little bit has to do with how the Capitals are playing them, uh, but most of it has to do with some of those guys just not quite performing to where they need to be right now, and it'll be interesting to see how they respond to this one. Josh gets off of the Penguins Radio Network, joining us here on the Crowley Show, ESPN Pittsburgh. Uh, I think you're right, and in the past when the Penguins haven't gotten production from the bottom six in the playoffs, it's been because they aren't good enough on the bottom six. I don't think that's in question at all here. I love the roster. If Derek Broussard's your third center, you're going to be okay. I think he's creating opportunities. It just needs to find the back of the net or else they're going to be in trouble. Do you think that we're going to see Carl Hagelin play tonight? I do. Um, I think everything's trending and Carl Hagelin returning. Obviously, the Penguins had a pretty optional practice yesterday in Cranberry. He was out there. He skated in full. Uh, said he wasn't quite taking contact, but uh, he was wearing a regular jersey, um, so you can read into that what you will. And then this morning, he was off the ice with the quote-unquote regulars, as we've seen in the past with the Penguins at morning skates. Usually the guys that filter off last are the scratches, and the guys that filtered off last this morning were Carter Rowney, Josh Juris, and Daniel Sprong, who was out there. It was kind of a surprise to see him out there, but um, those were the three guys that came off last. Hagelin had already come off the ice, so I think when you're looking at all the clues, it certainly looks like he would come back tonight. And you know what, Adam? I wouldn't be surprised at all if Mike Sullivan puts Hagelin, Malkin, and Kessel together uh, to start this game and in an effort to, one, jumpstart Phil, but also give the Penguins the punch that maybe they were missing as far as the speed and the forecheck ability of Carl Hagelin, not to mention the, the defensive responsibility that he brings to a line as well. Um, so I think that that's a, an underrated addition if he is to come back tonight. And he could make an impact, maybe not necessarily on the score sheet, but I think he makes an impact as far as improving the Penguins' game stylistically uh, against the Caps. I think that's a great point. The Phil Kessel line, whichever line he's been on, has so far in this series in particular been far too reliant on the one and done. One chance, and then you're going the other way. I think Carl Hagelin can change that a lot based on how hard he forechecks, uh, based on how well he digs pucks out of corners. And if you've got Evgeny Malkin up to speed now after one game for him to get back to his game, I I think that changes everything, and I think it could help Phil Kessel. Uh, As far as Kessel, 
why? What the hell's going on with him? He's looked as bad, in my opinion, as he has as a Penguin. I think he's hurt, but if he's going to be in the lineup, he needs to be better. He does, and, you know, he's, you can't say he hasn't had the opportunities. As you mentioned, uh, they've had, I, had, I think his line has had some chances in this series, and going back to the Flyers series, same thing could be said there. Uh, obviously, he's on that top power play unit, and he seemed really reluctant to shoot the puck when Evgeny Malkin missed those three games uh, for the Penguins, which I think is a as you mentioned, you, you don't want to speculate too much, but it, it's probably a sign that there's something not right there because Phil Kessel can shoot the puck. Uh, and if he's, if he's holding back and, and maybe reluctant to do that, there's maybe a little bit more than meets the eye on that front. But, you know, if he's in the lineup, as you said, there's no excuse. Uh, if you're going to be playing this time of year and you're Phil Kessel, you're expected to produce. And I think the Penguins, under, he understands that. Penguins understand that. That's part of my thinking why I wouldn't be surprised if he's with Malkin tonight because I'm sure you would have the same thought as me that, you know, Evgeny Malkin really didn't look like a guy who had missed three no. games and not played in a week and a half uh, Tuesday night. He looked really good. And, honestly, if he doesn't hit the post in the third period, we're sitting here probably talking about the Penguins having a chance to go up 3-1 in this series tonight. So uh, I would expect that another game under the belt of Evgeny Malkin would uh, potentially be a huge boost for the Penguins tonight. And, you know, if Kessel does line up next to him and Hagelin is back in the lineup, that's a lot of pluses uh, in the Penguins' column. Yeah, no doubt. And that would be the – Second line, you know Crosby and Gensel and Hornquist are going to be the first line. Uh, if Haglin does slot in there and Kessel does wind up on that second line, how do you think things work out uh, in the bottom six? Obviously no Zach Aston Reese because his face exploded and that really stinks. But uh, what do you think they're going to do with the bottom six? I think we'll see the same line with Broussard uh, that we saw last series, uh, or I should say in the beginning of this series, with the uh, uh, Rust and Sherry flipping sides is how I mentioned them, uh, but on either side of uh, Broussard. And then it'll probably be Riley Sheehan, Dominic Simone, and uh, Tom Kunakle on that fourth line. And, you know, uh, Riley Sheehan, I'm a huge fan of him. I think he brings yeah. a lot more than people give him credit for. But with those two on his wings, I mean, I, he, I don't know how much you can expect as far as ice time and, uh, you know, offensive prowess with that group. But that third line, I mean, that should be a fast line. That should be something that having it in your bottom six can – turn things over as far as rolling your lines are concerned and maintaining possession of the puck and generating some offensive zone time, which is what I think has been, as you mentioned, one of the more frustrating things for the Penguins in this series. They, uh, they haven't had a lot of zone time offensively. They have been one and done quite a bit when they come into the Washington zone. And as I said, you know, a lot of that goes to credit of Holpe for, for covering the puck a lot, not giving up second-chance opportunities. Uh, Capitals' blue line, I think, has played pretty well in this series, all things considered aside from a hiccup the here and there, like when Dmitry Orlov lost his jock strap last game with Jake Gensel. Uh, but other than that, I mean, I think this is a, a group in Washington that's played pretty solid through these first two games. And it's really, a, you know, you turn your eyes to the Penguins and say, okay, you guys have to respond here because they've given you a pretty good shot through three games. And uh, this is a game, as you mentioned, it's not a must win, but it's pretty darn close with when you, when you look at just a giant scope of things and how these two teams have fared through the first three contests. Josh, Ovechkin has scored a goal in each of the three games of this series. I think he's on the verge of taking the series over. Uh, but again, I think some of the opportunities that he has generated and that have been generated with him on the ice have been because of poor pinches, things of that nature. What can the Penguins do to tighten up on him? I know it's a tall order. Yeah, I don't know if there's any real answer to that. I don't, I, of Alex Ovechkin, I agree with you. I think he's been the best player on the ice in every game. 
Um, and I actually, I, I think I spoke with you about this in the beginning of the series, but I've talked to a couple people about this, and I said the same thing. You know, I think Alex Ovechkin the last couple years has been the best player for the Capitals. The problem is he hasn't gotten anything behind him, uh, and that's been a big difference in this series. He's definitely putting his best foot forward uh, to kind of buck all those trends and get rid of the stereotypes surrounding him and his lack of playoff success. And uh, he's been a handful for the Penguins in this series. I think the goal he scored last game was pretty sensational when you just look at what he was able to do. It was Crosby-like uh, to bat the puck out of the air kind of against the grain coming across the crease and, and win the game essentially for and the Capitals. But not, not to interrupt, Josh, if Crosby does do that, uh, Pittsburgh's going nuts over it. So uh, he does, yeah. he does deserve a lot of credit for what he did and how he finished the end of that game. Absolutely. I mean, that's that's a high stakes play, as Mike Sullivan would say. That's like you're you're talking about. You miss that, you're probably going to overtime. Then who the heck knows what happens? But you're certainly kicking yourself that you overskated the puck. I mean, I thought that was a really impressive play by him. And I mean, you look at the goals he scored in this series. The the game, the game one shot. You and I talked about that earlier in the series. The bullet over the glove of Matt Murray. I don't think anyone's stopping that. And then obviously the goal he scores in the beginning of game two, another high shot. Uh, and, and he put some velocity on that puck when he lets it go, as we've seen time and time again. So as far as stopping him is concerned, I mean, you have to gap up more if you're a defenseman or even a forward in the neutral zone and, and try to slow him down before he picks up steam coming down the wing. And I think you just have to be more alert of where he is on the ice, uh, which has been something that's been kind of perplexing. I feel like he and Nicholas Backstrom have, have had some space out there. And uh, Evgeny Kuznetsov, obviously, as well, who's back who's, – uh, uh, Ovechkin, centerman, uh, they, they've had some space out there, and those guys are too talented to get space to, just like the players on the Penguins. I mean, you give them the opportunity, they're going to take advantage, and they have in this series. Holpe is clearly outplaying Murray right now. Uh, I do think that a lot of that has to do, at least the numbers, with the odd man breaks going the other way, the quality chances that Washington's getting. But if you're a Penguins fan looking at Matt Murray, why should you think that that's going to change? Because he's Matt Murray. <laughs> I know that's a terrible answer and not what you're looking for. but No, I, I think I, I, Mike Tomlin would have said the same thing. Matt Murray's going to do Matt Murray things. Yeah, I mean, that, but that's what we've come to expect, right? Like, what he's done, what he did last game was very unlike the goaltender we've come to, to know, in the, especially in the postseason. I just kind of looked at it last game that the puck was hitting him. He wasn't necessarily making saves. Yes. Um, and... That's not really the Matt Murray we've come to know. This is a guy that's usually super confident, uh, making saves, not a lot of second-chance opportunities, a lot quicker post-to-post than people give him credit for than, or than you would even notice on the surface when you look at the build of him and how he moves in the net. But I, I just didn't see that in Game 3, and I thought he was spectacular in Game 1. I thought he was good in Game 2, but he definitely went ticked down in uh, game three and I think he understands the situation here as better as well as anybody else does just in the sense that a lot of the the fate of the Penguins tonight rests on his shoulders and I feel like this is a guy that we've seen time and time again prove that that kind of a situation and that kind of a moment is not too big for him and he's able to jump in and, and embrace it and kind of run with it and give the Penguins the big save early on that they need or give them a series of saves uh, that they need when they're up by a goal uh, to keep the lead intact. So I would expect him to have his best game of the series tonight. And honestly, you know what, if, if he doesn't, we're, you're not looking at a very good situation, I don't think, because based on what we've seen from Braden Holpe, uh, there's been no reason to expect him not to come out and be strong again tonight. I thought, actually thought his best game of the series was game three. Yes. 
Yeah, he's been excellent. And I think Penguins fans kind of wrote him off a little too much coming into this series. It's not like he's been Sergei Bobrovsky and just stunk out loud against Pittsburgh. It always seems like he gives up one more goal than he needs to give up, and that's been a big problem. Uh, that has certainly not been the issue so far through three games. Last thing here for you, Josh, and we've run out of time, so I'm just going to put it to you here real quick. <laughs> yes or no, did the league, did the Department of Player Safety make the right call on Tom Wilson? Yes, but I'm surprised they did. That's what I'll leave you with. Oh, I like you not just going with the yes there, and I would 100% agree with that assessment. Uh, Josh, great stuff as always, man. Thank you for always uh, hopping on with us here during the playoffs, and hopefully we'll get a chance to do it again soon. Yeah, look forward to it. No problem, Adam. I'll talk to you soon. There he goes. That's Josh Getzoff of the Penguins Radio Network. Carl Haglin on the ice along with Shahan and Kessel. Malkin, Simone, and Russ is the second line, and Sherry Broussard, Kuhnhockel as the fourth. <gasps> Intrigue! Coming up next, it is the three stars of the show. Hottest take of the day and other crap. It is ESPN Pittsburgh. Carl Haglin going to play tonight, it looks like, for the Pittsburgh Penguins for the Capitals. Ha <laughs> ha! No Tom Wilson. Devontae Smith-Pelly flexes to the top of the lineup, and Shane Gurridge. Slides in on the fourth line with Jay Beagle and Alex Chiasen. Uh, Verona Eller, Brett Conley in the third line. Stevenson, Backstrom, and Ochi round out the lineup. I think this hottest take of the day is going to be a breeze. It's time for the hottest take of the day. <laughs> there is no point where it's too early for air conditioning. Uh, I will not accept anybody who is not, at this point in time, using air conditioning in their home. I'm a Windows guy. F you. Uh, I'm a Mac guy. That has nothing to do with the conversation. <laughs> I, personally, need air conditioning if it's 80 degrees outside. I'm not going to roast in my own house. I'm not going to put my dog through it. And as for a house that I saw today on the market, I'm not going to buy your house if there ain't damn air conditioning. Other crap. Woo! Other crap. According to reports, Redskins cheerleaders had to go topless as escorts at a recent event. That is offensive. They should be called the Washington football team's cheerleaders. Woo! Other crap. Knowing Dan Snyder, you probably did not want to see them as they were all old and washed up anyhow. Woo! Other crap. Jerry Jones asks his cheerleaders to be topless all year long, but it's because, like him, they've all gotten work done. Woo! <laughs> Other crap. An ex-Washington footballer said that the Redskins logo was, logo was racist after he joined the Giants. Yo, the Giants logo is offensive too. Just ask Andre. Woo! Oh, no. <laughs> Other crap. Uh, the Bruins lost to Tampa Bay last night. Lightning struck four times. Great Scott! Woo! <laughs> Other crap! It was a Boston Massacre. Woo! Other crap! Pitt Sports created a Hall of Fame. Why? Woo! Other crap! Pitt Sports has a Hall of Fame? Woo! Other crap! The Bruins and Flames will play an exhibition game in China next year. There's got to be a joke there somewhere. Woo! Other crap. Pitt Athletics has a Hall of Fame? Woo! 
other crap. It's been 424 days since Pitt basketball won a conference game. It's time for the three stars of the show. Third star. Tonight's third star of the show, Jason Mackey. I didn't like the intent on Wilson's hit. I mean, there's a way to make that hit legally. And if it, and this was on the video last night. I, I'm standing from here to you, Adam. And if I want to hit you, I'm going to lower my shoulder. And I'm going to continue that same level through you to that garbage can that's right behind you. I'm going to drive through you. Second star. Tonight's second star of the show, Adam Crowley. Yeah. I like me. I like me. The fact that maybe in this league you have to judge intent. And I say intent, schmidt schmidt. <laughs> and what I say is the head is the head is the head. Don't bash a guy in the head. That rhymes. First star. And tonight's first star of the show, Brian LaMartina. God, bonus star. And tonight's show's bonus star, Adam Crowley. Woo. I like me. I like me. I was on a house showing earlier today. Damn it. And we're having a disagreement here amongst the colleagues of whether or not I should have done what I did. And what I did was poop in the downstairs toilet. Tarble. Tomorrow. Tarble. <laughs> you should not poop in a stranger's house. Sorry. I'll tell you what's going to happen tonight. What's that? The Capitals are going to do what the Capitals do. And whether it's in their own residence or somebody else's, they're going to poop the bed. And it's going to happen. <laughs> Penguins are going to win. They're going to play their best game of the series. And we're going to be talking tomorrow about this daddy going back to Washington on Saturday at 2-2. And I could not be more excited about it. And Grant... From 106.7, I hope you see every second of it. <laughs> Crowley Show. Peace out.